0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Lockdown Blazers your first listen. Every day, free on all platforms, coming at you five days a week. The only daily Trailblazers podcast rolling along all off-season long. And as we head into the off-season, they're giving out awards. I want to talk about the Most Improved Player Award. I want to talk about some possible trade or mid-level exception, exception money type targets on the Miami Heat as good teams have to reshuffle. And this time of year gives us a, a look into what that reshuffling might look like. And then we'll close the show. Taking a spin on the Tankathon. Three spins. Find out where the Blazers pick in in Dreamland heading into the May 17th actual draft lottery. But let's start with that MIP. It went to Memphis Grizzlies point guard John ja Morant. And people are disappointed. Confused. The old guard. Uh, more sort of traditional NBA journalists, including some that are my friends, kind of think a player of John ja Morant's, or just straight up think a player of John ja Morant's stature doesn't belong in the MIP conversation that is not a, an award for, you know, third-year guys who were second second overall picks drafted to be a star. And it's not people who had, you know, had a, had a big moment in the postseason or big moments in the postseason prior to that or someone who could be in the MVP conversation on the All-NBA team. They believe the MIP should belong to sort of up-and-comers or second-round picks or late first-rounders who took a jump and all of those things. Here's my hot take on the John ja Morant stuff. He improved a lot. <laughs> he improved a great deal. Probably had the biggest jump in terms of like the hardest jump to make is from like pretty good, pretty darn good player to star. John ja, ja made that jump. Um, he's available on the ballot and they voted for him. It's I I understand the spirit of many people's obje- objections. Many of my colleagues, including uh when I had a friend of the program, Jason Quick on the show, like. A month ago, six weeks weeks ago, he said, this MIP isn't for a guy like Ja. And I said, well, he's probably going to win, Jay. And look at this. He won. Uh, he finishes first. Jante Murray finishes second. Darius Garland, uh point guard of the Cleveland Cavaliers, was third. And Jordan Poole of the uh, Golden State Warriors was fourth. They they only they had three finalists, so Jordan Poole technically wasn't a finalist. Uh, what does this mean for the Blazers? Well, it does mean that Amphrey Simons received some votes. He received three second place votes and four third place votes. And my hot take on Ant, like I don't have a take on Ant. He wasn't gonna win it. Like he wasn't, he was not in the running. He wasn't in the running because they shut him down at the end of the year. If he had if he had played the final twenty five games of the season, he would have had fifty games, roughly, or or. or. A little just ahead of half the season, a little more than half the season, of saying, I'm a guy who averages, you know, 23 and 6. You have a 23 and 6 for half the season. You can It's easier to sort of uh, filter out those pre uh, pre New Year numbers, and Ant looks a lot better. In 22 games prior to getting shut down, every time Simon averaged 23.4 points, 2.7 boards, 5.8 assists, shot 45.6 from the field, 42.3% from three on over 10 attempts per game from deep, and 86.6% from the free throw. Line on the year he only averaged 17, 2, and 4. Um that, that like the overall resume doesn't look like it. But like I said, if he had played those final uh you know 23 games the Blazers totally, you know, totally tanked, um, Ant would have had 45 games of averaging 24 and 6, and or 25 and 6. And it's like, okay, this dude's got it. Like, you know, ant. Ant basically scored well enough. He had thirty-eight against Minnesota and looked great in a, in a game the Blazers lost. And and the front office said, "Yeah, yep, yeah, no, 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 you are done." Uh, I don't have a problem with Ja winning it. Uh, I do. I'm, I'm good for Ant to get some second place votes. He really took a leap. Like he improved his his last season. He averaged seven point eight points, two point two boards, and one point one assists. He improved across the board. Uh, but the but it isn't like. But every time he's played more. Like his per minute numbers are better. He played more minutes and his numbers were better. But he, um, the difference in the other guys at the top of the belt, like John Dejounte Murray and Darius Garland, is they played about the same number of minutes last year and their production went up. Uh, Ant was just like he's an op- It's an opportunity type award for him. CJ McCollum basically won the exact same thing. He wasn't a player. He got an opportunity. His permanent permanent numbers were exactly the same. But scaling up to playing a bunch of minutes, he won it. Um, There is some idea that Amphrey Simons will be... Uh, you know, has a really good shot to win the 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 this award next year, and I think there's absolute truth to that. He will be on the ballot. I I bet he will get votes even next year because he's gonna he's gonna get a full time role. We're assuming good health here. Always with these things, you know, he's gonna get a full time role. He's gonna be the second option on offense. Like he's gonna he's gonna slide right into that C J McCollum level of production. Um, and Ant is is just a better shooter than C J is. Uh, maybe not a better like scorer capital S, but just better shooter and better maybe maybe. For my money, probably a better off-ball fit next to next to Damian Lillard. So um, yeah, like Ant is gonna have a great year next year. I'm 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 pretty certain of it. But the 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 jump that he's gonna have to make, like you know, he averaged on the year, like I said, like 17, 2.5, and a half, and four. Uh, If he averages something like 23, two and a half, and four. He'll be really well appreciated, but I don't know if he'll be like the far and away front runner to win it. Uh, Dejounte Murray made a really good case this year. I think Desmond Bain, even John Morant's teammate, made a really good case this year. There's this is a weird award, and now that a guy like John Morant has kind of moved into the conversation, um, like guys who will get MVP votes are also getting winning MIP. I think it dilutes it a little bit. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if you're bet, if you're out there betting on betonline.net, like ants, odds aren't going to be very good. Um, and if they give you juicy odds, beware because of kind of the changing nature of this award. I think the old guard believed it belongs to, you know, the, it was, it was previously known as a comeback player of the year. So it's somebody like that. Who's like 29 and wasn't good. And Hato turkulu like Hato turkulu is a classic MIP. Um, so there, but there, I think there's a changing nature of the award. I think the uh, changing nature of the award, I think there's a changing nature of all the awards in the league. I think MVP has changed a great deal in nature than what, what it was in the last two decades. So I, I think like someone making that jump, right? Like someone, someone who's jumping into the MVP level and just kind of like not having a spot at the MVP table and getting MIP could happen to Ant, kind of rob him from it. So no hot takes. Ant had a great year and improved a a ton. He'll be right back on this ballot again. Uh, But I think the sort of, I think the John Morant corollary here says like, um, don't 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 mortgage your future on Ant winning MIP because the way MIP voting has changed a bunch. Um, it just the nature of the award has changed a bunch. All right, let's come back in the second segment and talk a little about some trade targets. Uh, the Blazers are not going to be necessarily big free agent players, but they're going to have to be smart in how they upgrade this roster. And I got a couple names on the Miami Heat, a team that might go big game hunting this summer and how the Blazers could take advantage of that of that Miami Heat strategy and the Miami Heat history. But first, let me tell you about Shady Rays, the independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for just a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else Shady Rays has the best protection program it includes lost and broken protection on every pair they'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. so give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays so, exclusively for my listeners, head to shadyrays.com. Use the promo code Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code Locked On for their best deal of the season at shadyrays.com. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. All right. So we talked to MIP and kind of the Blazers had a had a player who really improved. But I think the nature of the award also changed. So improvement is measured differently. Let's shift gears a little bit, talk about trades. John Hollinger, uh, the athletic and former longtime executive for the Memphis Grizzlies, wrote about uh, playoff rotations with the Miami heats. And he wrote about Victor Oladipo finding uh, his space. Uh, Kyle Lowry's out. The heat are going smaller. They need better defenders playing a lineup with both Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson has given them too, too many limited defenders off the bench. They need real juice off the bench. Veteran Victor Oladipo, who's on an incredibly friendly minimum deal is seizing that opportunity has pl- and has played well after basically not playing at all. And Duncan Robinson now after 27 in game one, dude can really play, isn't a good fit in this series. That's kind of the nature of the playoffs. But as John Hollinger writes, seeing that, like seeing it not work out there and looking at what might happen in the future, Duncan Robinson could be a name on the move as well as an odd man out in that uh, and same deal with the Victor Oladipo thing. Like you've got to make a decision who plays at the end of the games when you go small. And it has been other guys, which means that 6'5 uh, wing Cody, uh, excuse me, 6'5 wing Cody, Caleb Martin, Cody's brother, uh, has has also been out of the rotation after playing a little bit in game two. And when guys get left out of the playoff rotation for a team like the Miami Heat, that seems to be loading up to go for it every summer. You start to think about what their future might be, and as Hollinger points out in that athletic piece, there is real writing on the wall. And speculation from from executives around the league that Duncan Robinson could be on the move. The the Heat made a trade in order to uh, get back a couple future draft future first round draft picks that they had, had previously traded away. Uh, those getting those draft picks back for a team like the Heat is either a chance to you know draft Bam Adebayo or more likely to to. Make a trade and go for it. When you have an older core, Lowry locked in and and Jimmy locked in, uh, you like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are in their 30s. When you got players who are in their 30s, you want vets on your team. When PJ Tucker plays an an incredibly important role, you want vets on your team. You want you're gonna you go for it with adults. You're gonna go for it with a with another big star. And as Hollinger points out, Duncan Robinson's contract, which he signed a five-year $90 million extension the last summer. This is the first year of it. So, you know, whatever whatever that is remaining, four for 74 remaining roughly uh, that that's that contract plus some first round picks could be what the what the Heat used to go star hunting. And you might be asking, so why, why do I care about that, Michael? Because I don't want <laughs> I don't want the Blazers to trade their star to the Heat. Do not worry about that. This is where the Blazers come in. Say another team is is tearing it down or 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 restructuring. They're going to want the picks more than they're going to want the years and the money of Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson can play. One of the best shooters in the league. A very very scary off you know uh, off movement shooter. One of the best in the league. Uh, but he's got some defensive liabilities. And if also he's pretty good. And you have to trade pretty good players uh, plus picks usually to get a star. So where I think the Blazers could come in is using that traded player exception to absorb Duncan Robinson. If one of the, if the team that is offloading a star, say, um, you know, a 6'2 guard who lives in uh, Salt Lake city currently say, if that person wants to head to another locale in South Florida, the, maybe the jazz don't want to take back some money and the Blazers can come in, be a third part of the third part of the transaction to absorb Duncan Robinson. Now I don't love Duncan Robinson. Like, I don't think he's a good fit necessarily on the Blazers because of the defensive liabilities and and all of those things but Portland is in this position and I think this is like this is really what I want you to take away from this segment is like the Blazers are in a position that they need like ideal, ideally they need like two way big wings. That's what every team in the league is is searching for. So there might come a point in the summer where the Blazers cannot fill out the roster perfectly and what they just need to do is continue to load up on ammo, continue to load up on good players, put good put talent on the roster. Like they just need to add more talent to the roster. Duncan Robinson, absolutely more talent. Would he? Does he like perfectly fit the plan? No. Is he like a Chauncey guy in terms of being like a two way player? No. He's, a, he's mostly a one way player. Often is really valuable Chauncey Phillips will have to figure it out with a really good shooter you can't just only prioritize Justice Winslows because you needed um and not Duncan Robinsons right like someone who's b- significantly better on one side of the ball you just kind of have to make it work I, I don't love this plan but the like the the sort of the the theoretics of it is like the theoretically speaking here we're saying like if if the way the blazers might be able to get involved and get talent and and find the right fit is when is they can absorb money when there's, when there's multi-team deal, this, that traded player exception they have, like $21 million allows them to absorb talented, talented and good players and kind of make, be the, be the sort of financial salve, be the financial uh, the safety net for other teams that are wheeling and dealing or teams that don't want to take on money or whatever it might be. And I think Duncan Robinson, if, you know, to, I believe the reporting of Hollinger, he's as plugged in as anyone. Um, he's not a big breaking news guy, but he's worked in the league forever. He knows what he's talking about. And if he says that there are whispers that the, the Heat are trying to maybe make, again, make those moves this summer, the Blazers should be on it, figuring out how they can make those moves. The other name in that article, uh, it's available on The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic. get read this reporting yourself, but uh, here I'll, I'll localize it for you, bring it from behind the paywall a little bit. Um, apologies to good people at the New York Times who own The Athletic, but um Caleb Martin is is an, is likely to also be an odd man out in the same sort of Oladipo, Max Strus, like the the a lot of a lot of two guards type players, um, in that sort of edge of the Heat rotation, and that and Caleb Martin is entering free agency this summer, and while he is a restricted free agent, uh, the. The Heat do not have his bird rights, so they really can't offer him any any that much money. Uh, Caleb Martin is a pretty competitive defender. He can shoot it. He can handle it a little bit. He can pass it a little bit. Mostly a three and D guy with some other complementary parts. I love the Martin twins. I think both. I think Caleb's probably a little better than Cody Martin, but I. They're really similar players. I mean, it's identical twins in the league. Um, I like them. I feel like they are winning players. And if, if the cost is like, you know twice the minimum, if it's something like around the Blazers by exception, I think you can do a lot worse than Caleb Martin on the open market. This would be, that's a player with the exception and a player with the traded player exception and player with one of the exceptions. You could, um, you could give him part of the MLE depending on how the Blazers do it. We don't need to get into the nitty gritty, but like he's an affordable and pretty quality wing. He's not as big as the Blazers need, like they would need better size. But again, if the Blazers find themselves in a position armed with not a lot of tools, this might be, these are two names, that you might be able to, to get in on the relative cheap, or after you've exhausted some other options, get there because the Portland just needs to add ammo, add talent. Those are two thoughts, courtesy of John Hollinger. I, I like Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson as basketball players. I don't think they're perfect fits in Portland, but again, this is, I think we're going to, as we continue to head into the off season, like it's April and we're going to get really deep into it heading into July. And as, as, as we get up to the draft and figure out what the Blazers do in the draft, it's going to get even deeper on like needs, needs, needs. And we'll talk specifically about needs, but from here, from this isn't 30,000 feet, but it's like a mile high from 5,000 feet up. If another team is dumping quality rotation wing types, the Blazers have to be out there with a binocular seeing any of any of the quality rotation wing types that can help Um, you figure out the fit. La- you figure out the fit at a later date. You don't ignore the fit. You just have to. You, you in some ways you make the you got to make the parts work. And if you can do it on the cheap, even even better for a franchise that's gonna be ha- gonna have to win the margins. The Blazers' path forward is winning the margins. These are two guys. Duncan Robinson is probably beyond the margins, but these are two guys that help you win in the margins. All right, let's come back in the third segment. Take a spin on the Tankathon. Simulate some draft stuff for you. But first, let me tell you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Listen, I love Bilt Bars. They're great. Uh, I I eat them all of the time. I'm a peanut butter brownie guy. I'm a cookies and cream guy. I'm a raspberry guy, salted caramel. Uh, I like coconut almond. They're all good. But if you're if none of that sounds good to you, guess what? Bill Barr's got a whole bunch more flavors. In fact, six others right now on their website. So why don't you go to Bill.com, check them out, and then find out that the average Bill Barr's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and four net carbs, all tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some and save some money. Use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. But you got to visit Bill.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off when you visit Bill.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We've had a lot of fun here. We've talked about the Most Improved Player Award and the changes in the ballot. We've talked about some trade uh, some t- trade possibilities from Miami Heat. And I'll keep abreast of all of the sort of good teams unloading tradable wings or, or gettable wings for the rest of the offseason. But now, let's do what we do. Let's take a spin on the Tankathon. For those of you who don't know, Tankathon is a website that has uh, that... Tracks, you know, draft odds, draft lottery order, and then allows you to simulate the draft right here on the screen. So join me, join me right here on Tankathon right now, and let's sim that lottery. See where the Blazers land. We're going to take three spins on this one. If you're watching on YouTube, you're doing it with me. (laughs) Oh, would tough one blazers fall down to eight here blazers fall down to two spots they have the six best lottery odds they fall down to eight the the spurs jump up to second from the with the ninth best odds the pelicans with that lakers pick finished fourth so we go houston one san antonio two detroit three new orleans four orlando five okc six and Indiana seven picking ahead of the blazers uh in the sim here if you're watching it with me on the uh, if you're watching with me on YouTube it has the blazers taking Benedict Mathrin, the uh, he's listed at six seven on this website but uh Friend of the program, Mark Chandler says that Ben Matherin's probably more like 6'5". We'll see when the measurements come out. I'm not taking Ben Matherin if I'm the Blazers. I'm taking Tari Eason. That's uh, forward from LSU and one of the best defenders in the draft. I think it's just a straight-up better fit. Already off the board when the Blazers pick there is Shaden Sharp and A.J. Griffin, Keegan Murray, all names that I think would be very intriguing, and obviously the top four guys with Holmgren, Smith, Ben Carroll, and Ivy. Let's take another spin, shall we? My luck is brutal. Blazers finish eighth again. They finish eighth again. Let me show it to you if you're watching on YouTube. There they are picking Ben Matherin again. Nothing changes here. I would take Tari Eason. I would be frustrated. I think this is right on the fringe of where the Blazers would consider trading their pick. They shouldn't do it. They shouldn't do it. Let me be clear. But I think when you drop to eight or nine, you start to say, okay, this, this, we're, we're talking, you know, players that maybe are going to help. We project them to help two and three years down the line. What is our long term plan? I say take the pick basically no matter what. If you have a top 10 pick, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, and then take it again. But I think we're, you know, I think if the Blazers finish eighth here, like they, if they end up in 8th in the lottery, it, it really does change the calculation at least a little bit, at least a little bit. Um, but again, um, if the Blazers finish 8th and the board looks like this, Tari Eason, although I would consider Jalen Duran from Memphis, even though he's probably a backup on this team. And I would consider also, if some if, if you could... Um, maybe try to trade back with one of these teams, uh, you know, unless you love, 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 love Tar Eason. I think that sort of nine through 12 range is when it really starts to flatten out draft wise. And maybe you could trade back, get who you want and get another asset. That's, that's the range. If you're not going to straight up trade that pick for a vet. Okay. One final spin. Should we do it? Who's feeling lucky? Who is feeling lucky with me? I've had uh, some bad spins. Let's see if we can get a good one to close out the show here. Blazers finish fourth. Let's go. They jump into the top four. Pacers jump into the top spot. They get Chad Holmgren. The Pistons finish second. They get Jabari Smith. Third is the Orlando Magic who get Paolo Bancaro from Duke. And the Blazers in the fourth spot. They get Jaden Ivey of Purdue. This is a really interesting one. This is a really interesting one. I think Jaden Ivey's going to be really good in the league, like really good. I I, I watch him play one game very closely when uh, Purdue played Carolina and I watch him play uh, parts of his tournament games during the NCAA tournament just as good. Fluid and athlete, as you will see at the college level, just such, such, like, functionally fluid athleticism. Like, it's not the kind of guy where you you have to wait to see it. He used that athleticism in a game. Um, and some budding passing instincts. Like, I think, he, I think he can be, like, a real-life good passer at the next level. Um, playmaking is a really valuable skill in the league, and I think Ivy is, is developing it. However, I think there's a pretty big cutoff. I, I wouldn't take Jaden Ivy just because I don't think the Blazers need a star guard. Not that he's not good, but... He doesn't really fit, and I think this gives you this. This is such an intriguing position because I think there is a general consistent consensus from what I've read around draft stuff. I'm not a big draft guy, but I've, I'm I'm learning. I'm becoming an expert for y'all. Uh, and uh, there seems to be a big a consensus that there's a drop off after these top four players. And for the Blazers, hold four. And there's a team that really wants Jaden Ivy that says that's that's the future for us. I think then you hold some real draft capital. Then you could maybe trade back to six or seven. Take AJ Griffin or Shaden Sharp, who's there, and say, like, okay, we've got the Kings in a pinch, and you know they just want to draft another guard. It's all the Sacramento's ever wanted to do is draft another combo guard. Now you're getting. Now you're, you know, you move back to seven. You're still going to get the pick between two guys you like. Plus, you're going to get maybe a future first because you're giving away a, someone on Jaden Ivey who could be a star. Now, is that a risk? Yes. But I think if this goes chalk with holmgren Smith and Bancaro up top, the Blazers don't necessarily need Jaden Ivey. Not that he won't be really good in the league. Like, he might be really good in the league. But what the Blazers need is just, they need more size. If you're going to commit to Damon Ant over the next, you know, three and a half seasons, that doesn't give him Jaden. It's just not a good environment for, to, draft and use and try to deploy Jaden ivy it doesn't make sense if the blazers finish fourth and it goes like this this gives uh, this is like their biggest leverage scenario because what they can do is they can just straight up take Jaden ivy but what they can really do is they can find another front office that truly truly covets it thought they were going to be fourth like okc or or, or or you know orlando if it doesn't exactly fall this way but one of these teams that that really wants to wants to be in that top four and uh, and leverage their position. It's it's all about leverage this time of year. Many of you have uh, have explained that to me in regards to uh, some previous trades made by the Blazers GM. Uh, I'm just kidding. I know people are upset this time of year. I'm getting a lot of angry emails and angry YouTube comments. So what I say to y'all is. Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll keep it rolling. So I finally got some luck in in tankathon. We'll do this uh, again next week. One tankathon or three tankathon spins a week, but I'm not going to bang you over the head with it because uh, it's all make believe. But I enjoy the make believe because it gives us a good way to kind of think about um, think about what's next with this team uh, come back for more shows later this week. We're going to, we're going to have a couple good ones later this week. We're going to talk about the value of that 2025 pick from the bucks and kind of look at what future draft picks have, have got teams in the past. We're going to look at some lineup data to figure out what, if anything we've learned about the Blazers in the future, we're going to have a mailbag. I'm trying to nail down an interview five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. If you missed yesterday's show, Eric Griffith of one week joined and we talked all about the future of the Blazers. He was also on Friday's show. So got a couple of good interviews waiting for you in your feed. If you're just catching up this week, We got more to come available on all platforms, available on YouTube. Subscribe to the show wherever you get it. Tell your friends to do the same and then come back for more. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.